the previous episode, we explored what Corruption Watch is as an organization, what it was built upon, and why its presence is relevant. We spoke about the history of the organization, the meaning of corruption, and its impact on people, especially the youth. We also spoke about how education could help to equip young people to take up the fight against corruption. This next episode is about corruption in our daily lives. I am Lissedi, your host for the Youth Focused Podcast Series. second episode, we speak to members of the youth about their thoughts on South Africa's culture of corruption and why the youth should generally get more involved in fighting against this culture that makes corruption the norm. Tsagane Matsilele, a 22-year-old UCT student, speaks about her thoughts on how corruption affects the country and who the culture of corruption is promoted by. I think everyone who lives in South Africa is a victim of corruption. Um, and I mean, speaking from a South African context, because that's the corruption I'm most familiar with, I guess. <laughs> it sabotages the development agenda of our country and also our democracy. Corruption manifests itself into the looting of like state funds and infrastructure, which then ultimately robs the citizens of basic rights, such as access to education, housing, healthcare, social welfare, security. So the effects of corruption aren't limited to a specific person or group of people. It affects everyone, essentially. Who do you think is responsible for corruption? Do you blame people who are in power? The easiest answer would be to blame the government and politicians of corruption. But as a student of sociology, it would be remiss of me not to think more critically about this. So I think it's important to first acknowledge that corruption doesn't take place in a vacuum. There's several forces at play at any given time. That being said, I think it's fair to say corruption stems from capitalism. When you think of capitalism as an economic and political model that's built on the principle of individualism, it then encourages people and like institutions to pursue individual gain, often at the expense of other people, and through means of ethically and morally questionable methods. When you impose an oppressive regime on a nation for long enough, and you prohibit certain groups from fully participating in the economy and the political and legislative sphere, you're bound to see a host of people who are going to look out for their best interests. We've seen this happen in so many former colonial states where it's sort of like growing pain. I'd say because of the effects of apartheid on the oppressed majority, the post-democratic era it became a game of stomach politics where individuals and especially those who were put in leadership positions they became more interested in securing their own livelihoods 
over the interests of the people that they were supposed to serve, that in a way subverted the development and democratic agenda. So I guess in a long-winded way, I want to say the government is responsible for corruption, but I think it's also important to acknowledge the invisible forces who are also to blame. There is absolutely no doubt that many government officials are guilty of acts of misconduct in their leadership roles. Tsagani talks about the historical element of corruption that was and still is influenced by the history of exploitation, abuse and poverty. Poverty and inequality are factors that were enforced by the apartheid government among the black population. When South Africa reached a point of democracy, the atmosphere was vibrant, filled with hope for the future. And finally, the previously disadvantaged groups could participate in the building of the country. However, inheriting the problems of the past meant that the government of the day had many challenges to grapple with. One of these is the scourge of corruption. This is a phenomenon that some scholars and activists argue that started as early as the 1650s. This is a sad reality. However, how long will we blame the past for our reality today? This is not to overlook the undeniably traumatic past and its current effects, nor is it meant to justify corruption. As mentioned in the discussion with Sagane, Corruption and the mishandling of state funds and resources has had seriously detrimental effects on the socio-economic state of the country. And considering the long historical trajectory of corruption and the corrupt systems of the past, it has now become so deeply entrenched in our culture to the point where it is normalized in our society. The major socio-economic issue of poverty that is historically based is another factor that encourages corruption in South Africa. Here are some more thoughts from Zwandile Mamaila, a Rhodes University student, about why it is important for the youth to form part of the movement that strives to eradicate the culture of corruption in our society. Everyone has a role to play towards ending corruption. For example, if you see it happening, don't keep quiet, raise awareness, let people know that something wrong is happening no matter how unequipped you think you are just try to raise a voice it also begins with us as ordinary citizens bribing a police officer bribing a traffic cop that is some form of corruption so if we were to stop doing those minor things that we think are not so big or are not really related to corruption if we stop normalizing that it would be a step towards ending the big corruption. I would say South Africa's government is really failing us and the people as a whole, not only the youth, but everyone in general, mostly because when it comes to corruption, the funds that are being misused by the government, that money is no longer serving a minority of a certain race, but it is serving a minority of powerful individuals instead of serving the entire population of South Africa. Corruption, in a way, plays a role in neocolonization as well. It's not a matter of the economy being held by a certain race. No, corruption also plays a role in that. If the funds that were meant to be used for the public 
were actually used for the public, there would be some sort of change. At first, I thought that the majority of the youth are not so interested in fighting against corruption. I believed that the youth would rather conform to the culture and only a selected few would stand against the culture of corruption. But perhaps I was wrong? Kwasi Lamini, an investigative journalist at Corruption Watch, speaks about some of the attitudes young people have towards acts of misconduct and he answers the question of whether or not young people are interested in fighting against corruption in South Africa. A lot of people are against corruption from what I've observed working at CWU, but this tends to change when people benefit from corruption. People are against corruption, but they won't have a problem with paying a dirty run bribe to a police officer so that they won't get arrested. In that form, they don't take corruption as serious. They see there's something very small that they have to do just to get on with their lives and for the convenience. But they are against corruption in a larger scale in terms of politicians and larger government departments. I did an article on the African Youth Survey whereby the results are showing that young people are actually starting to stand up against corruption and young people are actually looking for more accountable leaders. Why should young people care about corruption though? They are the most affected by corruption because in the next few years, they will be the one who will be left with a defunct stage. It's already happening in South Africa. We're seeing the effects of corruption. People are getting affected. People are losing jobs because of corruption that has been happening in different parts of our government. Uh, we can talk about ESCOM. We can talk about PRASA. All those institutions are being run down by corruption and we are seeing the effects now. Bro, are you kidding me? Like, seriously, load shedding again? There are a lot of projects that were established to help in terms of employment and youth empowerment, but all those projects never see the light of day because their funds were channeled somewhere else. Just to make an example of the N1DA, the N1DA was being used to find lifestyles of the board members. The role of the agency is to empower young people through businesses and give them funds for their businesses, but that's not happening. The unemployment rate in this country is ridiculously high, and the people who are affected the most are young people. Even young people who are graduates with qualifications that they thought would have given them more opportunity. The ideal next step to take in such situations is to open up a business to A, generate an income for oneself and one's family, and B, to help solve the issue of unemployment by creating jobs through new initiatives. But as Gwazi mentioned, it is depressing that programs that were developed for the purpose of supporting entrepreneurship and the growth of the business industry in South Africa are being sabotaged by corruption. Not only would programs like this have provided a personal breakthrough for young entrepreneurs into the business world, but these potential businesses would have contributed to the improvement of the economy and also helped solve a larger threefold problem in South Africa. Poverty, unemployment and inequality. Considering the long buildup of this culture of corruption in South Africa, we are all very aware that it won't just end in a short space of time. However, Perhaps there are more methods or strategies that we can start implementing to gradually eradicate the culture. 
Mwepeng Dalane, a senior investigative journalist and editor at Corruption Watch, speaks on ways to prevent corruption from flourishing. Once we get the public procurement space right and we improve on the recommendations of the Zondo Commission and make sure that that space is not interfered with by any politicians, then I think we'll be taking a step forward towards eradicating corruption at that grand scale. We know that corruption is alive among government officials and people in positions of power in the private and the public sector. And yes, much has to be done to eradicate corruption in those high departments. However, the eradication of corruption starts with you. You have the power to discipline yourself and say no to any acts of misconduct. Corruption Watch has a range of resources relating to projects and initiatives involving the youth. Don't forget to visit the website at www.corruptionwatch.org.za Hashtag my hands are clean.